we have very many people in church who believe that they are saved, but they are still living in sin is that they have not been saved. They confess sin. They have not repented. Repentance is that I used to live like this and I had an encounter with Jesus and I have changed my mind. Salvation means you are saved. You have to always ask yourself, what am I saved from? You are always to be saved from sin. That's why Jesus died. He died for our sin. And now if we are saved, we are saved from sin. So we live in the world of sin, but the sin don't have dominion over us. Jesus has already taught us that you cannot save two masters. If you save two masters, you will obey one and disobey another. So because of that, you can only save one master. And for saving of a master, you must be obedient to the one that you save. When you obey Satan, you don't even need to tell Satan, Satan from today be my Lord. He has already become your Lord because if he wasn't your Lord, you wouldn't be obeying him. So if you obey Satan, you are already a slave to Satan. So when we accept Jesus, we call him and tell him, I want you to be a Lord over my life from today. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. From that day, what happens to us is that since we cannot listen to two masters, we don't listen to the devil again. That's why the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So that's to say, if you really love me, I want you to obey me. Let me be the one you're obeying. The same way Satan talks to very many people is the same way God talks to very many people. But if you listen to the devil and you don't listen to God, then you have chosen the devil as your Lord and not God. Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart, that is, I believe that as I confess him as Lord, he's not the one ruling over my life. When you believe in your heart, you are saved not just a mere confession. That's what the Bible says. So many of you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far away from me. And confession is done with the lips. Believing is done with the heart. Salvation has to touch your heart. It has to be a conviction something. Something that you said, I don't want to live like that again. I want to follow Christ. When you keep confessing your sin every time and go back to sin confessing, the Bible calls you a coward. So, the confession of sin has to work hand in hand with the repentance. That repentance is that I used to be a thief and today I have listened to the word of God. I have found remorse and I do not want to live that life again. I have changed. That is what salvation is. So if you have given your life to Christ and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. As the pastor was saying, you were repeating after the pastor and you have not repented, that you have not changed from your ways, then you have no salvation. Jesus and shall believe in thy heart 
that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All right. In Acts of Apostles, chapter 2, when Peter was preaching his first sermon, people gathered around him and said, what shall we do to be saved? What can we do to be saved? And he started explaining, and that led about 3,000 people to be saved one day. All right, I'll be preaching today on what I call salvation. Wow. Or what you can say, I'm saved. Turn and tell your neighbor, I'm saved. I'm saved. Tell your neighbor, what about you? See, most times I just feel we have to calm down and explain some things. Because it looks like many times when we are in a hess, you don't catch anything. Many times after I finish preaching, I go back home and I ask myself, did they understand anything? And most times I have my first relaxation or I feel good when somebody has told me I was blessed. And now list the things that he has learned. Last Sunday I felt so good. I went back home. You know, I was teaching on forgetfulness and all of that. And we read a scripture where the Bible says that if you make a vow and you don't fulfill your vow, you're a fool. And somebody sent me a text. I was so excited when I read the text. It says, Pastor, thank you very much for allowing me to come to church. Because I actually am a the person. He said, I didn't feel like coming, but after I came to the church and I was so blessed. And he says, I now know that I was a fool all along. And, uh, you know, I did something like, uh, now I know why I'm going through what I'm going through. And I now know we to repent from and how to correct all of that. And then I said, okay, then it means that I was communicating. Somebody was able to hear and understand. So many times like that, I feel I have to use simple terms and explain something for us. I want to explain something on salvation. I want you to be sure if Jesus will rapture you if he comes now. That's why I'm spending time to teach this. I don't want rapture to take place and you are like, why am I not taken? What's going on? Why was I not raptured? What just happened? Did I just shake somebody and the person is taken up and I'm not? So that's why I want to explain so many things for you now. Are you ready for the explanation? Yeah. All right, there's a difference between confession of sin and repentance. There are confession of sin. There is confession of Christ. And there is something called repentance. And repentance leads to salvation. When we are done preaching as pastors, when we finish preaching, people are caught in between the four things. Should I confess my sin? Or should I confess Jesus as my Lord? Am I confessing my sin? Am I confessing Jesus? So at the end, they get confused and the time passes and they do something else. Which of it is really repentance and salvation? Which of it is the one that God really 
acknowledges. If we preach here today, or you come to the church and you listen to the word of God, and the word of God is against some of the things you love so much, like you used to steal and you hear the word of God, or you used to lie, you've been lying all your life and you heard the word of God, and you are convinced that you need Christ in your life, that the life that you're living is not good. Do you understand? When you find remorse in your heart, when you are like, that shouldn't be me. It's not me that should be living this kind of life. Ah, Jesus died for me and I'm still living like this. One of the things that very many people do is that they just tell Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord. I am that sinner that the pastor is talking about. I am that fornicator that the preacher is talking about. I am that liar that the pastor is talking about. I am sorry. The road to salvation has just begun, but you don't stop there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Preaching is to make you realize that you're a sinner and now make you realize too that there is somebody that can deliver you from sin and now make you realize that you can come out of it. Everybody knows that they are sinners, including people that commit the highest level of sin. They know that they are sinners. That is why they are now preachers that preach and make sinners not to believe that they are sinners. And the reason is because even somebody that does not go to church at all, he knows that he commits sin when he commits sin. Is there any time you commit sin and you don't know that you're committing sin? Let me talk to people. If you commit sin and you don't know you've committed sin, let me see your hand lifted up. Even when you were a little child, you steal. How many of you used to steal when you were a little child? You used to steal when you were a child. Let me see your hand. You have stolen and become an adult. Still lift up your hand. <laughs> what about the one you do in exams? Or what is that called? Is that not cheating? Is that not stealing? You have changed the name to giraffing. Okay. Every sinner knows that they are sinning. Am I talking to somebody? Don't let any preacher excite you and you are sinning. They say, no, 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 you are not committing sin. It's just a mistake. Charlie, you have sinned and you have sinned. Do you understand? Like the place I read to you people in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 5. And the Bible says that better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by fools. Many people don't like places where your sin is confronted. Imagine now you become a you have so much money you are now sending me message that you come to church on Sunday pastor I will be in church on Sunday so that in case you have a message that is not in line with your visitation you should change to something that will suit the visitation of the big rich man do you understand what I'm saying and forgetting that the rich man was in hell there was a rich man in hell in the bible if you love any rich man around you one of the things you can do for the rich people is that you must look for a way to deliver your rich man from hell. Since one of the first persons we saw in hell was a rich man. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's very important. But very many people do not like where their sin is confronted. You don't like where sins are confronted. Your sin is confronted. 
You finish hookup, you came to church, have a very big envelope you want to give in church. And they now say, if you are a prostitute, you need to repent. You get offended. Why is my profession mentioned? <laughs> Prostitution is not a profession. It leads to damnation. It's not a job. It is that the Satan has caged you into something that is killing you and make you enjoy it. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. You should love a pastor that can confront your sin. And that's why you have to love me. Because I will not, if you like, have private jets. The more I love you, the more I preach to you. Yeah, because I will now be saying, that this guy has loved me. I must make sure he doesn't go to hell. So I become more strict with you than every other person. So now, it is very important that you understand that if you have a wound and you go to be treated, and the doctor does not want to attack the wound, then you will not be healed. Your wound has to be attacked. They have to put out din on the very surface of the wound. And sometimes most of your wounds have had white, white stops that covers the face of the wound. Have you had wounds like that before? Yeah. They will have to wash it, wash it, wash it, remove everything, wash. They wash and wash and wash and now apply out din and cover it. We cannot admit treatment to a wound that has been covered by a lot of gems and whatever. We have to remove all of it and insert something for healing. Do you get what I'm saying? So when a pastor comes and he's preaching around the truth, <laughs> it's like you have a wound here and they're trying to treat here and they don't touch the main parts. You will be sick for a long time. So a pastor that loves you will just go straight to the wound. And say, he that seen it, seen not. That's all. It shows the love he has for you. I would love to be a pastor and I'm the only one who goes to heaven when rapture takes place. And I go with my wife. I preached the truth. I told them. They did not want to hear. No. I have to drag you down there. Tell someone I'm dragging you to heaven. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you may not like the process. But when you get there, you'll be happy I did it. Say, neighbor, you're coming to heaven, whether you like it or not. Wow, is it amazing? So how do people have salvation? Because without salvation, you will not go to heaven. Many times you hear a message that touches you so much. You now say, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to pray. And tell God to forgive me. That is not repentance. To pray for God to forgive you for the sin you have committed is not repentance. Almost times you finish doing something and you hear a powerful message and you feel remorse. Have you felt remorse before? And sometimes you stole somebody's phone and the person is somebody you know. And you know how he's suffering. And you see the person crying. And you tell the person, don't cry. Let's go to Juju. Don't cry. By the time I take you to my village, you will see that the person who stole that phone will just give you the phone. Don't cry. And the person is telling you, you know I'm a believer. Leave this believer something. And you are the one who stole the phone. So maybe you now hear the word of God and you are like, hey, yeah. See, I've seen so far. Cry. You have just 
else remorse. But feeling remorse is not the same thing as repentance. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. Feeling remorse is not the same thing as repentance. In fact, every arm robber you know, after they finish oppression, they feel remorse. I have watched a movie where some arm robbers went and they shot somebody and they killed someone. And after killing somebody, they gathered and were crying after the oppression. Have you seen movies where arm robbers are fighting? Why did you kill the person? You shouldn't have killed the person. And the person said, no, be my fault. I tell him, make him put in face, die, no grief. So I just, it's not my fault. They are feeling remorse. But does that signify repentance? That's not repentance. So God is not going to save you for being remorseful. You say, da, that's in what I do, eh? Da, my heart, you get as I feel after I don't do what I do. Many people stop their repentance in just feeling remorse. They did something bad, they're feeling remorse about it. They are not excited about what they do. Most times I see somebody, it's a prostitute, and I'm preaching to the person, and the person is saying, do you think I'm proud of what I'm doing? Do you think I'm happy about what I do? I know what I'm doing is not good. It's still not the same thing as salvation. Somebody says salvation. salvation. And you will not be taken to heaven because you felt remorse. Remorse is just acknowledging that what you did was bad. That is not enough to take anybody to heaven. Do you understand? When I was growing up, there was a boy of 21 years. Boy of 21 years who was sleeping with a girl of six years. Have you tried to type something on ChatGPT before and they tell you that they cannot discuss that? It's too dirty, they cannot discuss that kind of thing. I wanted to develop a story about rape. They told me they don't talk about those kind of things. Those things are prohibited. They are too dirty in the computer's mind to reason. And it is too clean in somebody's heart to reason. And this guy, 21 years old, was raping a child of 6 years old. And this child was always crying. So he would tie the girl's two legs apart and rape her. And we hold knife and threaten the girl. If you tell anybody, I'll kill you. And this boy was sick. And we have been praying for this boy to get healed. And we don't know why the child was not healed. He mashed something, a juju. And one of his legs was bigger than another. They think distorted his whole life. So you now see that this person deserves pity. He's somebody we should be praying for. I was praying for this guy. I didn't know there was a reason why God will not hear this guy's prayer. Very wicked to be able to rape a six-year-old child. Consistently putting the child in fear. Ah. So, feeling remorse after an evil act is not the same thing as being saved. It's not the same thing as being saved. He said, why I know one insult? I don't see the text where the woman the same give me. I don't see the text. I know one insult the woman because Nami, they befriend the husband. So, because... I know how the woman they feel. Me, sir, I they feel remorse for the thing where I do. But you know, say, you have not repented, though. And if Jesus comes, you will not go to heaven. You go to hell. You see, people don't even like pastor preaching and saying hell. I said, pastor is preaching and mentioning hell. You are trading people. <laughs> so, pastor, you don't mention hell. Don't put fear on people. You are trading people. I said, I carry you put for hell. I'm just explaining to you that they say traits on ground. 
One day, electric pole fell down. The high tension touched the ground. And people who walked close to that place were electrocuted. So some good guys came to the streets, blocked the road and said, no road. And they had to explain what happened, blocked the other side. Please, those guys, have they done anything wrong? They are only making sure that they do not get into the area of the danger. And that's the same thing a pastor is preaching. I have discovered that hell is real. And that human being will be there. That people's husband will be there. People's wives will be there. Somebody's mother will be there. Somebody's child will be there. And I'm telling you, hell is real. Don't go there. Avoid it. And you say, I'm threatening you. <laughs> it's real. You can't help it. It would have been better you were not born. But you don't born, you don't born. Not see where we go do. You have to avoid hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, feeling sorry, you now hear a powerful message on Sunday. And you just bow your heads. And now, like, God, I'm sorry. I know I don't fumble. I know nobody me supposed to do this thing where they do. Wait, see, see me where I've been the sing for choir. See me where I've been the walk for church. See me. See me where they do. God, I know say you be merciful, God. How I wish God can also tell you. Cecilia, I know you are a merciful child. Be merciful unto me. How many of us know God is a loving God? So people say, God, I know you are a loving God. Forgive my sin. How I wish God can also tell you. Cecilia, I know you are a loving daughter. If you love me, keep my commandments. So very many people use this remorse as something to cover up. Remorseful heart is not still salvation. Remorse. Confession of sin. I'm a sin now. I've done this. It's not still salvation. If it was salvation, people in Catholic would have really had it more than people in the Pentecostal. One guy impregnated the sister of a reverend father. And reverend father wanted to call police to arrest him the next morning. So he heard it. He came for confession. And the reverend father was the one behind the confession box. And he knelt down and confessed. And the rule on that confession is that you are not to tell anybody about what the person has confessed. And you are not to call police to arrest the person who has confessed. <laughs> the sharp guy. The sharp guy just came and said, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. It's a confess your sin. I have impregnated somebody, a member of the church. In fact, a sister. Because you will not talk as though you are talking to the father. In fact, a sister to the priest of our church. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, I want the message of the Lord. I want to be, your sins are forgiven. That's what. <laughs> so confession of sin is still a road. Though. Being remorseful is good. I'm not saying... Don't be remorseful. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that salvation does not end there. You have to move from being remorseful to Lord, I am a sinner. Don't try to package before God, though. I'm a sinner. I have done this. I've done this. It's very, very important. But still, it doesn't end there. You have to move to another point where you say, Jesus I confess you as my Lord and Savior. That's why I was saying there are two types of confession. One is confession of sin. The other one is confession of Christ. You confess him as your Lord and Savior. You understand? Tell him, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to be a Lord over my life. 
Why we have very many people in church who believe that they are saved, but they are still living in sin is that they have not been saved. They confess sin, they have not repented. They confess sin, they have not repented. What is repentance? That's what I want to talk about now. Repentance is that I used to live like this, and I had an encounter with Jesus, and I have changed my mind. If you finish confessing your sin, there was even a movie I saw. Somebody will confess his sin and finish before he kills somebody. The guy was a very good killer. When he wants to kill somebody, we'll point and we'll say, Father, I know I don't fuck up. I know I don't fuck up. I know it's a person like me, not even supposed to call on your name. But you, you'll be merciful, God. Now you'll be the ogakpatakpata. He will start talking all manner of nonsense and kill the person. After the killing, he will go on fasting. Go on fasting and pray that God should forgive him. Shade the wine, God. Let me tell you something. Will you forgive somebody who carries knife and say, please, I want to choke you. I will plead with you to forgive me. I know you really love me, but I will choke you and blood will come out. But I will plead with you to forgive me. So please don't be. And choke you and now kneel down and say you should forgive. How would you feel? Please, let's, let's be realistic. How will you feel? So very many people who say uh, they will commit sin and after they commit sin, they will tell God to forgive. Have you seen how God sees you? I will kill you and later on I will plead with you to forgive me. <laughs> I will steal your property and later on I will tell you to forgive me. So confession of sin is not the same thing as salvation. It's not the same thing as repentance. Repentance is turning away from your evil ways. The explanation for salvation is that God had saved me. God had saved me. Saved you from what? He had saved me from sin. Why did Jesus die on the cross? He died for our sin, true or not true? And now, if we are saved, we are saved from sin. So we live in the world of sin, but the sin don't have dominion over us. What does it mean for sin to have dominion over somebody? That is, I steal when stealing wants me to steal. Then you don't have dominion over stealing. Stealing has dominion over you. Do you understand? Anytime you find somebody commit sin and say it was not me, it was the devil, then the devil is in control over the person. To be tempted is actually a normal thing. To be tempted is a normal thing. How many of you have not been tempted before? You will see a strange human being here now. How many of you have not been tempted before? You have not been tempted in your life before. Nobody. How many of you have been tempted before? Now, what does temptation mean? Temptation is Satan talking to you. Now, obeying what Satan is saying to you is you falling into temptation. So Satan can tell you that. These pastors, as they concentrate for a message like this, you feel carry this phone. You feel carry that phone. As the pastor, they concentrate now, in the, in the they look you. You feel pick that phone now. Remember, you have used touchlight phone for... And when Satan tells you to do something, he will give you some backup that will harden your heart. He said you have prayed for God to give you phone for four years now. No good phone. If you steal somebody's phone, at least God will understand that he has not given you a phone yet. It is you that will now be saying, right on, Satan, right on, Satan. Because <laughs> a thing he's saying is nice. Ah, that pastor, he has money. He can buy another one. And he will be giving you some backups. 
So that's the devil talking to you. It's a normal thing for the devil to talk to anybody. There's nobody here that the devil has not talked to before or that the devil is not talking to you. The devil will always talk to you often. Maybe sometimes a guy talks to you for five minutes and leaves. And the devil continues from where the guy stopped. And talk to you for another two hours. And you now had to go on WhatsApp to chat the guy back. So to be tempted is a very normal thing. But to fall into temptation, because temptation is just the devil talking to you. So for you to obey the devil is that you are a slave to the devil. Because if a small child sees you and you are walking on the road and he says, Sister, come here. And you go. I should be wondering whether there is something you have done that the child is using to blackmail you that makes you behave like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if the devil tells you to do something and you do, then you are automatically a slave to Satan. When we accept Jesus, we tell Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. What it means to be a Lord and Savior to me is that I want to only listen to your command. I don't want to listen to the command of the devil. Because Jesus has already taught us that you cannot save two masters. I want to talk to somebody. Can I talk to somebody? Jesus has already told us that you can't save two masters. You can only save one. If you save two masters... You will obey one and disobey another. So because of that, you can only save one master. And for saving of a master, you must be obedient to the one that you save. You cannot call somebody my master and he does something or he calls you and you don't respond. That's why if you are a master here and you have servants under you and you call them and they don't respond, you tell them to do something and they don't do it and you still keep them. As their master, then he shows you're a coward. You don't know your position. You should sack them and get people that can listen to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are a man and you own a house and your house is gay, you don't call the person, Chidima, come here. I say, okay, they come. And he's not coming. I will be suspecting that you are sleeping with Chidima as Oga. He said, Chidima, is it not you I'm calling? Okay, I don't tell you, sir, they come now, eh? I will conclude. Do you understand? So you can only obey somebody that is a lord over you. When you obey Satan, you don't even need to tell Satan, Satan from today be my lord. He has already become your lord because if he wasn't your lord, you wouldn't be obeying him. So if you obey Satan, you are already a slave to Satan. And you are not just a slave to him because he sends you to do something. You are also a slave to him because if he also wants to kill you, he can kill you anytime. Because you are his slave. Automatically in the law of the spirit, you are under the devil and you are a slave to the devil. So when we accept Jesus, we call him and tell him, I want you to be a lord over my life from today. I want you to be my lord and my savior. From that day, what happens to us is that since we cannot listen to two masters, we don't listen to the devil again. That's why the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So that's to say, if you really love me, I want you to obey me. Let me be the one you're obeying. The same way Satan talks to very many people is the same way God talks to very many people. But if you listen to the devil and you don't listen to God, then you have chosen the devil as your Lord and not God. So what is repentance? Repentance or salvation is that I have been delivered from the hand of the devil. Not that when you give your life to Christ, Satan will not tell you to steal Satan will tell you to steal 
but you will not obey Satan anymore. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. You will not obey Satan again. Very many people in their salvation by confessing sin. They just confess sin. Father, I know something I do, no good. So I just want you to forgive me. It doesn't end there. If Jesus comes, you are not sure of going to heaven because you have not repented. So the confession of sin has to work hand in hand with the repentance. That repentance is that I used to be a thief and today I have listened to the word of God. I have found remorse and I do not want to live that life again. I have changed. That is what salvation is. So if you have given your life to Christ, we say how many people want to give their life to Christ and you lift up your hands and you say you want to give your life to Christ and you say Lord Jesus come into my heart as the pastor was saying, you were repeating after the pastor and you have not repented, that you have not changed from your ways, then you have no salvation. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here. So it is not Lord Jesus come into my heart, be my Lord. That's where it all starts. Tell somebody, that's where it all starts. It's an invitation. But by the time he comes into your life, he will start to alter a lot of things in your life. Have God told you to leave a friend of yours that you loved before? Let me see your hand. If God has told you to leave a friend of yours, you knew a friend and God is telling you to leave the friend. Let me see your hand lifted up. Wow. Has God told you to let go of something and you did not want to let go? And all of a sudden, maybe you came close to me and I tell you, don't do this again. Especially for girls. A particular clothes you like so much and God doesn't like it. All the girls who are close to me, can you relate? A clothes you wear so much. You like this clothes so much. Maybe a flower, something, 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 something. And God has been talking to you. And all of a sudden, you wanted to pass. I said, come. And the Holy Spirit told you, I told you. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> and you just come. And I told you, who owns this skirt? I said, it's my own. I said, from when did you start to have it? He says, it's not long I bought it. Didn't you know that it's not good for you? And I'm not saying you remove it, look for somebody shorter in the church and give it to the person. So it's important for us to understand that for ladies now, don't wait until you want to marry and you start wanting God to talk to you. The first thing that God should talk to you about is not who your husband is. The first thing that God should talk to you about is not your business idea. The first thing that God should talk to you about is not going to be the kind of car to drive or how prosperous your future will be. The first thing that God will talk to you about is that he will want to start leading you. Ooh, I feel like preaching. He will tell you this lifestyle, I want you to drop it. I don't like it. If you don't obey him like that, you will chase his voice away. When it is in times of trouble, you will not hear God. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. When he keeps talking to you, I don't like this clothes that you're wearing. Don't wear it again. It's revealing some part of your body. How can you be wearing a clothes and your breast is outside? Are you selling it or something? How can you be wearing a clothes and your skirts, you cannot sit well? And my problem is with girls who have worn trousers for a long time and start wearing skirt. They will wear skirt and sit down as though they are wearing trousers. So now... You will see that the moment he becomes your Lord and Savior, the moment you said, Lord Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, he says, uh -huh. he will come into your life and alter very many things. You'll be listening to a song, listening to a song. He says, whose song is that? 
Hey, I don't know whether that Jaru, whether that this thing of 50 cents. Did I say that 50 or Jaru? What is it doing in your ear? Now, we're bad. So, man, listen to the song. That the guy that, and you don't bow. And listen to the song. small. <laughs> Let me listen to the song. Small. And God will now tell you, why are you listening to that song? Why are you listening to the praises of fools? Tell somebody, neighbor. Get ready. For God. To alter very many things. In your life. All the things that God is altering in your life is to make you fit for heaven. It's not that he hates you. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. It's not that God hates you. He's trying to shape you. Let me talk to somebody. It's like the road of heaven is like this. And you are like this. He's trying to shape you, shape you, shape you, shape you. So that you can be able to enter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, God is shaping you. Tell your neighbor, God is shaping you. Tell your neighbor, God is shaping you. Tell your neighbor, you're undergoing the shaping process. So in the shaping process, you will find God say, don't walk with those friends again. Don't think that you can save your friends the next day after you are saved. You don't have such power. Your salvation is like a little baby. You have to hide with it. Don't go and, you have given birth to a child yesterday. You now want the child to go and fight. You have to hide your salvation phase. Let it grow. The reason is because when we accept Christ, we accept Christ by believing, not by facts. We just believe. And in believing, there are no concrete evidence why I do what I did. It's just that I'm given a conviction in my heart and I yield to the conviction. I believe. So I don't have enough fact. When you now meet people that can give you enough fact why you must not believe, you let go of your salvation. So you have to hold it until your convictions are built until you can defend your faith. Have you not been saved for a while and your friend, a particular friend came and shattered your salvation? If it has happened to you before, let me see your hand lifted up. Your salvation is shattered. Before you know it, now person, they remind you. Say you've been give your life to Christ. You say, okay. I have. Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart. What does it mean to believe in your heart? That is, I believe that as I confess him as my Lord, he's now lording over me. He's now my Lord. He's now the one ruling over my life. When you believe in your hearts, you are saved. Not just a mere confession. Many people, when they say give your life to Christ, you are using phone to give your life to Christ. I will say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. It's not a funny something. That's why the Bible says, so many of you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far away from me. And confession is done with the lips. Believing is done with the heart. Salvation has to touch your heart. It has to be a conviction something. Something that you said, I don't want to live like that again. I want to follow Christ. 
When you keep confessing your sin every time and go back to sin, confessing your sin, the Bible calls you a coward. Somebody comes to church on Sunday and says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to forgive me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And after that, you go back. Come another day. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Most times they say, give your life to Christ. And you are singing a song that consoles me. Even when I fold your hand, you still there. Why are you singing this? Are you telling God, I'm about to even fold your hand again, so keep holding me. Because if it is me, I will not repent. For with the heart, believe it unto righteousness. Not with the lips, though. Not with the lips, believe it unto righteousness. From the heart, when you say, Father, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you are coming back to take me home. I'm sorry with how I'm treating you. From today, be my Lord and be my Savior. And you believe in your heart, not this English language something. Many of you, more than 500 times you have asked Jesus to come into your life. Because the pastor said you should say Jesus should come inside your heart. But you have not believed in your heart that is the Lord over your life. Am I talking to somebody? So, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the two goes together for salvation to be possible. Salvation means you are saved. You have to always ask yourself, what am I saved from? You are always to be saved from sin. That's why Jesus died. Jesus didn't die to buy me a cow so that I can have a car or drive a private jet or so that I can have a very nice house. You understand? Say, Jesus, the Bible says, if you cannot withhold your beloved son, you will not withhold us anything. You have died and I must drive jeep in this life. No, you're bringing rubbish. He died so that you can have liberty and power over sin. Sin used to have power over man. Do you know what the laws of Moses were like? They will tell you, if you commit this sin, you will be stoned to death. And people will commit the sin and they will be stoned to death. And they don't have power over it. So when Jesus came, he was nailed with our sin on the cross. So now we now have power to resist sin. We now have power to flee sin. We now have power to live above sin. Just like Jesus died for the world. And we are still living in the world. And the Bible says that we should live in the wall, but we should not be off the wall. That is the same way Jesus died for sin. And sin is still around, but you are to live above it because it's now a dead thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a dead thing. It's something that God has given you power to live above. If you say, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, and you go back to sin, you are a coward. I want to know where will coward go to? Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. You are delivered from cowardness. You are delivered from cowardness. Somebody, you are holding the juju. The juju they gave you in your village that you should use so that it can protect you from bad, bad people in school. It's on your waist. And you are lifting up your hand and say, Father, please deliver me from problems. You are a coward. You have a ring in your hand that protects you. If something happens, you touch the ring and disappear. Most of these things are too strange for some of us. We don't know. But I met a guy. 
I told him to give his life to Christ. He said he will not give his life to Christ. He does something with the sea. I met him at Accra. He travels and go for fishing and all of that. And I asked him why. He said if he gives his life to Christ, that this thing will not work again. I said, what is it? Because I thought it was just a normal ring. The way you guys wear a ring anyhow. I thought it was just a normal ring. The guy said, no, 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 no. That this thing is for him to disappear if there's trouble in the sea. If there's trouble in the sea, he will just hold the ring and disappear. That if he gives his life to Christ, that he knows that thing that I want to do. He knows that thing that I want to do. I know that's that you want to do. If he gives his life to Christ, that this thing will not work again. Oh, so you know something that can make something else that was working not to work again. And you don't save that one. If somebody wants to fight you and knows that your ring is your power, the first thing he would do is to rush. Rush and collect you the ring. I'm told in one of these communities, there's a guy who has a certain ring. And he uses to box people. If he box you two times, you'll die. But the rules the devil will give, because everything that Satan will give to you, it is to kill you. So he will give you rules that you will not be able to overcome. So that he can fulfill his mission. But the rule is that if you try to box somebody two times and the person dodge, you have to box something. The third times. Because if you don't box the third time, the box, you will be boxed spiritually and you will die. You don't understand what I'm saying. If you try to box somebody and the person dodge, you try again and the person dodge. Don't try the third time. You look for something and box and now go again. So as you're boxing, you are counting. That's why boxers can't even use it. So the guy went, tried to box the first time, it didn't work. Tried to box the second time, it did not work. So he nails down, heated the ground, boxed the ground, and wanted to box the person the third time. And he died. He didn't box anybody. Nobody boxed him. He fell down and died. And they went and arrested innocent people. So somebody was analyzing it. And said nobody killed him. Nobody touched him. It is at the ring he uses. He's been boxed by the devil for trying to box three times. So he thought that he could box the ground. That boxing the ground is equivalent to boxing something. So that he can now continue another rest. So the ground fell him. So if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and you still have some other powers that you need help from, you are a coward. And the Bible says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts. This is another thing that is going to take people to hell. All of you that love magic movies. All of you that like typing. Who is my future husband on Facebook? There are magic programs into Facebook. Who will tell you the name of your future husband? You now type. What will my future children look like? When I was planning to get married to my wife, we were just sitting down together one day, and she said that she saw an app in phones that she wanted to try it when it works. I said, okay, I didn't know about it. So you don't check who will be the father of my first son. The people used to do a lot of magic stuff. So the people predicted, they said the name of the father to your first son starts from A. The name starts from A. It is true that the juju has the power to know, but that is consulting devil. It's magic. So instantly, when she told me that that, that is working, it's powerful, the Holy Spirit ministered to me, that's magic. 
So magic has been simplified. You know, Satan knows that you will not use your leg and go to Juju. So they have to simplify it, put it in something, do it anyhow. WhatsApp magic, Facebook magic, whatever magic, AI magic, they just arrange it for you. So that AI is not magic. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whenever you want to go into predictions, predictions of the future, not using science to know whether they will be rain or so on, or gloomy weather, and all that. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I mean magical predictions, like how many children will I have? And you will start asking a particular thing. You can't ask that to AI now, and AI will answer you. You can't ask ChatGPT, how many children will I have? And it will answer you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will say, you, please, I will do respect. I am an AI. I am AI. <laughs> I'm a robot. It just depends on you. <laughs> but when you start asking, do I have luck? And the person said, yes, you have 99% luck. You will be more good if they use you for rituals. <laughs> you are diving into something bad. Bow your heads, let's pray. So the question I want to ask you is, are you saved? That's the question I want to ask you today. Are you saved? Another word for salvation could be redeemed. Have you been redeemed? If you've been redeemed, what are you redeemed of? Another word for salvation could be delivered. Are you delivered? Else you will just warm the chair of the church. At the end, you will go to hell. Have you been delivered? Have you been saved? Have you been washed by the blood of the Lamb? Have you been changed? That's the basic things. Else, you are just a church chair warmer. So salvation is not a very complex language. It's just, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord? Has he Lord over your life? Is he the reason for your actions? You need to listen to my message on the foolish and the wise virgins. I said that if you say, I'm not sleeping with a man so that I don't get pregnant, or so that I don't have STDs and so on, and Jesus is not the purpose for your decision, then it's not salvation. Salvation is Jesus is the reason for my decision. Am I talking to somebody? Bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus is the reason for my change. I used to live like this before, but I have met Jesus, and my life has changed. Scriptures that reveal or explain salvation in the Bible, one of it is when Paul was saying, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Those are words that signify salvation. The life I now live is not mine, it's Christ's. Those are words that signify salvation. So as you bow your heads right now, because I want to pray with you, I want to ask you, are you saved? That's my question. If rapture takes place now, will you be raptured? Or you'll be surprised why you're not? The sin that you're still holding on to is big enough to stop you from being raptured. Don't expect magic. <laughs> It's not Nigerian examinations that you didn't write something. You say, well, I didn't really write something, but I don't, I don't know. Let, let the result come out. 
This one is not let results come out. So. Are you saved? Talk to Jesus. You have to talk to him today. I'm not ordinary. Christ has taken over. And now live for Jesus. Yes, I live for Jesus. I'm not ordinary. Christ has taken over. And now live for Jesus. Yes, I live for Jesus. One more time. I'm not ordinary. Christ has taken over. And now live for Jesus. Yes, I live for Jesus. I'm not ordinary. I'm not ordinary. Christ has taken over. Oh, oh, oh. I live for Jesus. I don't live for Jesus. I live for Jesus. relationship with God? Have you been forgiven? Are your sins forgiven? Is Jesus your Lord and your Savior? If it's as we speak now, rapture takes place, will you go to heaven? Or are you just coming to escort us? I want to pray with you now. 
I pray that salvation will make meaning to your ears this minute. Amen. I pray that the Holy Spirit will explain to you the depths of the call of God in your hearts. I pray that you hear the knock of Jesus in your hearts. I pray that you feel the presence of God Amen. calling you to come. I pray for everyone who had tested salvation and had fallen out of the path. I pray right now you're restored. Amen. I pray for everyone whose heart is touched right now that Jesus save you. I pray for salvation right now. Amen. As I'm speaking with you, if you believe in your hearts and you confess with your mouths, something new is about to happen in your life. So if you're there and you want to give your life to Christ, I want your hand on your chest. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I can do nothing without you. That's why I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to help me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to grant me access to your throne. I need repentance, Lord. Jesus, have mercy.